You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And thanks for hanging with us here on Real Presence Live, folks. This is your Catholic radio station and uh, great programming available to you here 24-7. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this work and for letting all your friends know about Real Presence Radio. I mean, I know I've heard the stories of so many lives that have been touched by this ministry, and it's only possible because of you. So continue to support this ministry, especially end-of-year gifts, folks. End-of-year gifts, great opportunity to support your your favorite charity and Real Presence Radio is your favorite charity. I'm telling you that right now. So continue to support this work. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite charities as well. And it certainly has made a significant impact in my life and my continued co- conversion to, to the church. And it's, it's my go-to radio station. Absolutely. Folks, uh, you can uh, check us out online at realpresenceradio.com. We're going to continue our conversation here this hour. We're going to actually interview Rachel Juvie. She is the producer um, of the show this morning, running the board. Good morning, Rachel. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. good. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was great. I went to my grandma's house. A lot of my cousins were there. Just hung out. Had a good time. Did you eat turkey? We did. Good. Yeah. Lots of turkey. And was this a potluck or was everything provided by your grandma? It was, most of it was private by grandma, but some people brought extra things, but everything kind of went together. You know, it wasn't one of those potlucks where, like, there's just a random assortment of things. There, everything, was, there was a plan. There was a plan. Yeah. So is it one of those meals where it kind of just sits out all day and you have lunch and then you also have supper and then you snacks? Know, or not really. We ate at 2 p.m. That was the plan. And um, it was put away by, like, 4. And then usually people get hungry at, like, 8 o'clock at night. And so then they kind of put out a few snacks. And people graze the rest of the night, but yeah, that's yeah. like at my grandma's. There was there was a three phase thing. There was the big meal, then there was the pie phase, and then later at night was the sandwich phase. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our, our place is like that too, where you just kind of put the food out, and then you cover it, and then you open it, and you bring it back out, and then it's like okay, and then you can eat this for the next week. Mm-hmm. And oh uh, yeah, my grandma gave me leftovers, so I brought them home. <laughs> wonderful, uh, Rachel. Tell us a little bit about the, the joy of of family. You know, getting together. I mean, of course, there's always struggle. It's not all perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, Sister Suzanne on the last. Um, our was talking about the most important thing she saw was you know the relationships and the lives that were changed, um, and I think that's what it comes down to. Right, as human beings, it's all about relationship. All, mm-hmm. all everything else is just junk stuff. You know, it's just it's, yeah. it's a waste. But what about you know talk about your family and, and this relationship? Uh, what you experienced over Thanksgiving, the goods and you know the good things. Yeah, I've been very blessed. I have a lot of cousins, um, and we've all like lived pretty close proximity with each other most of our lives, and so. When I was growing up, my cousins were like my best friends. Um, we hung out with them all the time. And so holidays are always a fun time for all of us to get together, especially now that a lot of us are moved away from home, you know, at college or whatever. Um, it's always a good time when everyone comes back together and it's kind of like nothing's changed. You know, we're all changing a little bit, um, but we can still go back and like we know that we're good friends with each other and we can hang out. We always have stories from when we we're kids. Um, that's our favorite thing to do. All the new people that show up, we just tell them all our stories. Um, and it's just really a blessing, um, especially like I love my grandparents. Um, we all get together with them fairly often. Um, so yeah, my family has been a big blessing, especially my siblings as well. I don't get to see them a lot anymore too. So that Thanksgiving is just another time I got to spend four days with them. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. Yeah, it's just a great time. And my son came back, um, Gregory was in the seminary down at, uh, in Seward, Nebraska and came back for the weekend. Like I mentioned earlier, it kind of, it almost field, field. 
I can't talk, felt like a long weekend, you know, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, wow, this is awesome. I, yeah. This is such a great weekend. And, and uh, Tom, talk a little bit about your family this Well, I, th- I think it's just such a, a blessing. Uh, it's my favorite holiday because it, there's, there's not much commercial about it. Mm. It's just about getting together, together with family and, and spending time with them. Uh, mm-hmm. We had kind of a different uh, Thanksgiving. My father passed away last week. And uh, so we were able to spend time together just to, to celebrate where it is his, his life a little bit. And, and Tom, you, you kind of shared a little bit before the, uh, the show started this morning, kind of that journey of your father. Talk to us a little bit about, about that. Well, it's, it's not only his journey, but my journey as well. You know, you, you, you look at, I, I think a situation like, like, fam- like Thanksgiving is all about family. And, and so was, so was this experience, you know, as my brother and my sister and I, and my mom, uh, got to care for my dad at home and hospice was, to, was just an amazing thing. And for, for that, four or five days just to put aside all your differences and just focus on the, uh, lo- the love of your father because uh, you know like you said families it's not always it's not always there can be difficulty yeah. there can be differences there can be opinions but uh, to share that time with my family and just focus on dad was just just an incredible thing and then i think sometimes we can slip into judgmentalism you know we have i've, I've had differences with my dad i've had some challenges with him uh some things about the faith and stuff like that but to witness his faith at the end of his life was one of the most amazing things that i i've, I've ever experienced just his confidence in, in the lord his his trust in the lord his peace uh i just have to realize it's not about me it's about dad and and god and and just to let let to trust in that that how that that's going to work out i i can't say what decisions dad will make uh but i i envied that peace that he had and that confidence that he had in the Lord at the end of his life. Just so, and his, the, the anointing of him was just uh, a blessing that I'll never forget to be able to be part of that and actually give him his, his last communion. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for so sharing. There's, there's so much to be thankful for at Thanksgiving. And uh, it's, and, and when you have that type of peace, it, it, it didn't take away from that Thanksgiving at all. Let's talk about that. And Rachel, you're going to stay in the conversation with us here for a little bit. I promise not to make hard questions. Um, but just jump in as you think. You know, th- there's a journey right here where we get into those situations and we're not quite sure where others are at or where we're going to be at. But there's a, there's a preparation for that, right? Um, kind of our everyday, even our difficult, tired Mondays. I'm tired today. Um, and it's like, this is the preparation for those difficult days and how I deal with this day. Uh, Rachel, let's start with you. How do you prepare? Um, you know, what does uh, what does that journey, your 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 normal journey, everyday mm-hmm. journey, uh, look like? That you, how do you prepare for the difficult moments of life? Oh, that's a hard question, Steve. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's see. Um, well, I have made a point to start every day with prayer. Um, every day when I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing I do. I pray, and usually I get up just in time to um, to my prayer, and then. Do whatever I have to do. So um, I woke up before I came to work this morning, basically. Um, but I guess just trying to have an open mind. I'm a pretty like chill person, I would say. I don't get too razzled about things. Um, I like to, I try to be very patient with things, you know. Um, and I try not to let things bother me, you know. When I prepare for those difficulties throughout the day, I just kind of like take things as they come, roll with the punches, um, bring God into everything, every moment of my day, not, you know just like ignore him and talk to him every once in a while but like bring the fact that i'm a christian and my relationship with god throughout 
my day, I would say. I think prayer is, is, is the key yeah. here. And I, I even think about that and the challenges I have with other individuals or even, even my own family. Um, they know that anger was kind of the, 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 the theme of my life, that I allowed myself to be angry at people that I, I were different, had a different opinion than me, that maybe didn't believe in things that I believed in. And as I started to pray for people, um, I found myself so much less angry and able to face so much more of these daily things with, with mercy versus versus angry and those people didn't change mm. but uh, but i did i think of a watching a thing with father dave pavanka who started fasting for his brother who left the church and it, he talks very much about how it didn't change his brother at all but it changed him and eventually he saw the change in his brother and so i, I think that starting with prayer is, mm. is 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 the key yeah i think that's a great reminder and i was you know on some of those mornings too um where you do the prayer and I was thinking, this happened to me yesterday morning on the way into Mass. It's like, I was praying the rosary, but I'm not, I wasn't really praying the rosary. You know, I was just saying the words. I'm like, Lord, I am so sorry. I am just so distracted this morning. And I am, I'm saying the words, and you know I'm just all over the place. Um, this is probably not a great prayer day, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray as best I can mm -hmm. and hopefully get a few seconds of prayer in here. Um, and I think it's important to have that, that kind of a pattern where you're going to I'm going to do this. I may not do it well, but I know this is what I should be doing right now. Yeah. Um, and can we be grateful for all of it? Yeah. Not, not just the, the highs, but can we be grateful for the lows? You know, can we be grateful for those challenges? Can we be grateful for those things that come up that, that make us angry? And in doing so, being, being grateful for them gives us that opportunity to be humbled and then turn it into something positive or turn it into something beautiful. What do you think, Rachel? I sounds great. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Is your prayer always perfect? Is it always oh, no. great? Oh, no. No, I definitely agree with what you were saying about how, like, sometimes it's not great. And sometimes I'm just praying because I know that I should. And that's all that's happening at the time. But um, it's worth it. And just because, like, I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it, it's not an excuse to not do it. You know? I was just having a discussion with another brother this morning about his his prayer life and i said we got to remember rachel that when you're there god's sitting there looking at you going that's my girl yeah. that's my girl she's look at her look at her she's praying she's she's doing it she's 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 struggling struggling through it so it is so much more about the discipline and just doing it and like i said it's like like exercise you're going to start running a year from now you're going to go back and look wow look how, how far i've come and with that disciplined prayer mm -hmm. life you can look back a year back from now and say wow Look how far I can run. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that's uh, one of the things is we talk about how you have to look back at your goals and, and evaluate where you're at. But I think, and maybe this is just me, but I evaluate way too often, right? It's like, oh, yesterday, and then, oh, and then yesterday. Okay, hold on. All right, let's get a little further down the road before you turn back and evaluate. Continue the pattern, continue the pattern. Um, because that, that looking back is like, oh, I'm failing. Oh, I'm failing. Oh, I'm failing. No, keep, keep the pattern. Stay with it. Um, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, uh, you know, as it were, as Peter walking on the water and sinking um, all the time. And so it's just kind of that you got to continue to move forward with what you know, what you know is right. And I think it's the same thing with decisions in life, right? Sometimes we'll make a decision in life and then we get into a situation where suddenly something changed and you go back and go, oh gosh, did I make the right decision? You know, and as I tell my children, you always have to stop and say, hold on, did you make that decision prayerfully? Did you take it to the Lord? And like, yes, I did. 
then that was the right decision. Keep moving forward. You don't get, you don't stop in the middle and say, well, maybe I made the wrong decision. No, 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 no. Now, it's possible if you didn't take it to prayer that you made the wrong decision. But if you discerned well and took it to the Lord, you need to keep moving forward and sticking with that. And folks, we are going to keep moving forward in this conversation, but we're going to step away for a break. This is Real Presence Live. And uh, how was your Thanksgiving? How, was, how, how are the relationships in, with, in your family? Are you thankful for the difficult times? Are only thankful for the good times? Kind of a question we can ask ourselves and continue to pray about. Um, and, and sometimes we go, well, I just got to put up with it, you know, put up with it or, you know, get over it. And I, I don't think that that's what the Lord says to us. I think he actually wants us to understand what he's doing in our day. And he wants us uh, to embrace it with a free will, with a, a free choice that, okay, I see what you're doing here, Lord, and I trust in you. And so let's continue this conversation. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to you all. And as all of you out in Radio Land listen to Real Presence Radio, what a great gift it is for every one of us. As we're in the car traveling, that we learn something about our love for Jesus, something about the great gift He has given us through His holy family, which is the church. Or we also get to find something out more deeply about our own self, that we come to know that we are made in God's image and likeness. And the great gift that we have is made and loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So continue to listen to this wonderful radio station. We need to support it in every way so that this beautiful gift of the gospel message can be spread throughout where all of this is heard and that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you all in his love. Have a wonderful day and keep listening to Real Presence Radio. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, OK, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And this is Real Presence Live. Steve Splonskowski here along with Tom O'Keefe. And uh, having a conversation with Rachel Juvie on the other side of the break talking about Thanksgiving. And folks, we're going to continue this conversation because guess what? The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the, this is like an, the Eucharistic, we're in the midst of the Eucharistic revival, which is a three-year process of trying to grow closer in our relationship with the Lord and his presence in the Eucharist. 
So, Steve, uh, a three-year process. We're in year one. Mm -hmm. What's happening now? Well, so the first year is the diocesan phase, and so we had in the fall, we had the Eucharistic Conference here where we had about 1,200 people um, at, we were actually beyond capacity at the Delta and had 1,200 people there where we had uh, uh, Monsignor Shea and Bishop Folda and Bishop Cousins and um, Sister Miriam um, and uh, 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 Dr. Healy there. We had a couple of healing services and uh, 1,200 people there had confession, had mass, and so that was kind of kicking off our, our diocesan year of the Eucharist. And this, this kind of thing is happening all over the country. It is, yeah. yeah. There's all, and, and different parish or dioceses are doing different things. Next, so next year we'll move into the parish phase. And, of course, that's a, it's an ongoing journey here of, you know, just growth. And, and really, you know, over the years, you know, the, the church has named different years. You have the year of the family, the year of St. Joseph, and just kind of special emphasis on a teaching of the faith. Um, and, of course, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It's the very center of all that we believe at the core. It's at, at the core is the sacred heart of Jesus, which, of course, the word core means heart um, in Latin. And so at the very core of everything is that belief in Jesus in the Eucharist. And so, and, and so focusing the, on that. And so this is an opportunity for us to, to, to evangelize and to evangelize our, our own uh, parishes and, 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 and others uh, about the real presence of the Eucharist and that incredible gift of, of thanksgiving uh, that Jesus left for us when he said he would be with us always, and he is with us always. Well, and I think something you brought up uh, in the last segment, Tom, that's very important too is in order to evangelize others, we have to first be evangelized. You know, we have to, we can't help others encounter Christ if we don't encounter him ourselves. And uh, oftentimes that sense of we change the world, not by going out and trying to change others, but by being transformed ourselves. And then people notice that change in us and say, well, what, what's, what happened? Um, and, and I think Sister Suzanne shared in the first segment where she was drawn to being a part of the, the group of the sisters there because of the joy that we saw, you know, and I think that's, I'm always reminded of that idea. Pope Francis talked about how, you know, we're, <laughs> we're sourpuss Catholics. We have this frown on our face. We're angry about this. We're angry about that. We don't like this. It's like, oh yeah, everybody wants to join that church. That's for sure. We want to get together and be cranky and, and gossip about each other. Oh my goodness. And I, I know there is that tendency, that human tendency, but nobody walks away from those types of gatherings happy with joy, with peace. We walk away more angry, more frustrated. Um, we're called to a joy. We're called to peace. And so for me, that's, you know, that's the reminder. Let's return to the core of our Christian Catholic faith. It should be about joy. It should about, be about peace. And so where is that? Yeah, and, uh, and that does, has come from that inner, inner love that you said you have to have it yourself. So we're talking about U Eucharistic revival, but we're talking about it a little bit in, in larger terms of, at the diocese level. But how can I have a Eucharistic revival of my own? Well, you know, and that's, that's the question we should all take to the Lord, right? And every, every Monday morning, as it were, uh, you know, what's the Eucharistic, you know, what is, how do I need to be uh, revived, Lord? You know, kind of that thing of let's pull the paddles out <laughs> and charge that heart back up again um, and we, we revived in the Lord. And, of course, one of the great ways, of course, is Eucharistic adoration, which is available at uh, a parish near you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. We've got it 24-7 uh, here in, the, in Fargo. Um, and numerous parishes in town are also increasing their hours of adoration. An opportunity, again, if you can't get on, go on a weekend retreat, guess what? You can go on an hour-long retreat or a 15-minute retreat, whatever you have time for, and stop by and have a little retreat with the Lord. 
and that, and that's a, be, a beautiful thing. Uh, but for somebody that hasn't done adoration before, what do you see as some of the challenges of that, Steve, or are some of the, the, the graces that go along with that? You know, so at the cathedral, we've been doing adoration for, I think it's over 30 years now. Um, and I remember when it started, and I was quite a bit younger than I am now, 30 years younger. Uh, and uh, I remember the first few times going to adoration thinking, okay, so this is a full hour. And so you look at your clock every 10 minutes. Oh, are you kidding me? It's only been 10 minutes. It felt like a half hour. That silence sometimes just kills us because we're not used to it. And so I think part of it is it's just like anything else in life. You know, when you study, when you exercise, it's all you have to practice. You have to do it um, and, and, and just continue to, to do that, that practice, um, and be aware that I'm building something here. And sometimes, you know, there, there's different things you can do in adoration, right? You can, you can pray a rosary in adoration. Uh, you can read scripture in adoration. You can do Lexio Divina, which is reading scripture and then meditating on that scripture in adoration. Or you can sit quietly. And uh, one of the St. John Vianney story goes that he asked one of the peasants who came in and sat in his church numerous times. He'd come in and he'd sit there and then he'd leave. And then he'd come back in and he'd sit there and leave. And he asked that peasant, so in adoration, what do you do? What do you do in adoration? He said, uh, I look at Jesus and he looks at me. And that might sound really boring, but it's something to consider that if you just stop in and you consider even your human relationships that you have with people, the people you are really comfortable with and the people you know well, silence doesn't bother you. Versus the people you don't know well, it's just kind of like, oh, oh gosh, what are we going to talk about? Oh my gosh, oh my God, I, think it's, I wish they'd ask me. It's, it's uncomfortable until you get that that you get that comfortability with that person. And then you can sit in silence and you're still actually communing. It seems like you're, you're just together. We're just the, yep. being together. And so that's, can be, that's, so adoration can look like wherever you're at in the journey with the Lord, um, meet him there because he wants to meet you there. That's what I was thinking too as you were talking, Steve, is, is to, do, to don't go with the expectations. Don't go with these lofty expectations that have this grand fruitful experience. Just go and leave yourself open. Because of all those things that you've, you've talked about, uh, at different times in adoration, those things have just been what I needed. Sometimes it is the quiet. Sometimes it is a rosary. Sometimes it is, it, it is a reading. Uh, and just, just go and be open to the Lord. And when it doesn't go as you, plan, you planned or as you thought it would, just talk to the Lord about that. But again, be grateful for that, that experience. Even if it was a difficult time for you or a challenging time for you or, or it seemed like a long time for you. Ask and you shall receive, and the Lord will, will, will make adoration a fruitful experience for you. Well, and of course, the source of adoration is the Mass. You know, we go to Mass, and the, the host is consecrated into the body and blood of Jesus, uh, which then is made available to us in adoration. And, and something that has stood out to me, you know, we all have very busy lives. And it's only been, honestly, within the last month or so that at Mass, I've, I've just started thinking, you know what? <laughs> this is like the only hour in my week where I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to think about anything else. Matter of fact, I shouldn't think about anything else. And so the Mass for the last 30 days has been so peaceful. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I can just sit here and be with the Lord. And it's been so peaceful for me. Um, and I think that we all need that time, that opp opportunity to step back. And I know, Tom, you shared a story you, you, when you said you worked in a hospice and, and with a training, you told people, uh, don't just do something, stand there. 
I was like, oh, I love that phrase. Talk about that a little bit. Well, and I, I witnessed it. You know, we talked earlier about the death of my father. I witnessed this with, with, with hospices over the last five days, how the, the staff people would come in and just stand there and let the experience happen mm-hmm. and, and not force the experience or force themselves up upon the, the experience. And uh, we always think that we have to do something. We're, we're such doers. And that, that can go into adoration, too, that we come with a plan, that we come with a strategy, we come with goals and objectives, because we're going to do something. So, but that, that ability to just stand there, don't just do something, stand there, and let the experience speak for itself, is a real challenge for us. Yeah, I think it's a, very, it's a challenge, but it's also such a great gift when you um, see that. I've often pondered over the years, and I say that you know, the, the beatific vision, being in heaven, is just you being with the Lord and Him being with you. You know, and sometimes as a kid, you're like, well, is there watermelon? Is there, are there puppies? Are there, <laughs> are there chocolate everywhere? It's like, no, it's just you being with the Lord. Oh, that, that sounds pretty mundane. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, and that was something that in adoration where I kind of got that sense of, okay, so I better practice being with the Lord and knowing what this looks like um, and having this peace with just being in his presence. Because if, if that's what heaven looks like and that's what I'm called to, then I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be prepared for that. And uh, so, I mean, just it's kind of that practice of saying, I don't, I don't know. I, what are my expectations of adoration? I don't know. I'm just going to show up and see what the Lord has in mind. And I think the beauty of adoration and, and the Eucharist, you know, we do ask the Eucharist to, to be fruitful in our lives and help us to be more Christ-like. And then that quietness of adoration. I, I'm always so busy with the things that I have to do. I'm often ready to speak before the other person's done talking. Mm. And, and, okay, when I, when I go to adoration... I, I'm not speaking. I'm just listening, or I'm I'm just there, and you're practicing that quiet, and that's going to help you in your relations with other people too. That I can just be more present with them rather than not listening to them, being ready for the next thing I have to say, or being anxious about the thing that I should be doing when I should be listening. I love what you're saying there, Tom. That's such a great reminder. It's even even to look at ourselves and think of the conversations that you have today. And how, if you're actually listening to what the person is, is saying, or if you're formulating your response, so you actually are not hearing what they're saying because you're formulating your response or you're ready, ready to jump in. It's such a great reminder. And, you, and you're right. Be sitting in, in silence before the Lord is, is great practice, of course, that, that putting God before all the, all the things. But then that secondary thing is that relationship that comes from that source, the relationship we have with God, is the source for a relationship with others. Well, and we are to be the real presence of Christ to others. Mm-hmm. And can, can we be doing that when we're thinking so much about ourselves instead of them? Yeah. Well, folks, uh, if you get a chance, stop in and say hi to the Lord today. See what he has in mind for you. We're going to come back on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live.